0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org, from Louisville Public Media.
1: Consequence Podcast Network.
0: I've never been this nervous in my life.
1: Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with it's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org consequence and the consequence podcast network thanks as always for making your way here checking out the episode and the series uh, please do hit that subscribe button if you're not already uh, i put out three new interviews every single week so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists a new one every monday wednesday and friday at itunes and apple podcast spotify and podchaser npr wfpk.org youtube for the video versions or again anywhere you get your podcast from I'm Kyle and Today, my guest actor, Harry Melling. We're going to be talking about The Pale Blue Eye. Uh, It's now streaming on uh, on Netflix. And this is a movie that finds Harry uh, playing Edgar Allan Poe, portraying Edgar Allan Poe, uh, a young Poe, I should say, in the 1800s, on a quest to find a murder opposite a retired detective that's played by uh, Christian Bale. Harry's going to talk about the uh, challenging perceptions of what we think about Poe. We'll discuss superstition versus science and being attracted to darker roles as well. Now, Harry, who also played in Harry Potter as uh, Dudley Dursley, uh, we're also going to hear about uh, really never completely escaping that film's universe. And, of course, we'll get into some music as well. Uh, he's listening to some UK punk like Black and Squid. We'll get into that and lots more talking about The Pale Blue Eye. It's Kyle Meredith with Harry Melling.
0: Hey Kyle, how you doing?
1: Yeah, let me compliment you on, uh, on Pale Blue Eye. What a um, what a wonderful story, uh, beautifully acted, incredibly shot. I mean, uh, what what an outstanding piece that you all have done here. Uh, oh, thank you. Congratulations.
0: Thank you so much, thank you. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, I, I talk about beautifully shot and, and for it being so cold, wh- where did you guys shoot this at?
0: We shot it in Pittsburgh. So it was very, very cold. Um not- much like you see in the film, uh, but I think in a way that really added to the whole atmosphere of, of this very brutal world that they found themselves in in the 1830s.
1: And here you have, you're playing one of the great uh, authors of all time, and we're talking about Edgar Allan Poe uh, for this. Which I don't know that I've ever seen Poe as a central character. I, I should start. What's your relation to him? I mean, did you did you have interest in in, in Poe before you you came into this?
0: I did. I mean, no, I didn't know much in terms of his writing. Uh, the things I did know were the um, the Telltale Heart, which I think is a, a which is probably the big one, uh, alongside the Raven. And I also knew the Pit and the Pendulum. Strangely, that was the other one that I was I was in the know about. Um, and obviously, I knew he was a very iconic writer. Um, In a way, what was so exciting about the proposition of of, um, getting the chance to play him at a a younger age was to very much challenge those perceptions of what people see when they they say the name Edgar Allan Poe. Um, Yes, he turned into this very sombre, gloomy, dark figure. um, But what was he before that? And that was something that I really enjoyed sort of exploring. So how do
1: you find that character then? Because again, we all have this idea of, I mean, are you creating something or is it a deep research project? Where, where did you find this version uh, of Poe?
0: It's a combination of both, I think. I think it's uh, a lot of research went into this, a lot of reading his own, his own stuff as well as what other people wrote about him. And other people were very contradictory in terms of the things they said, um, which, which was actually a, a nice insight into who he was, this very mysterious figure. And so I take all that information, that research, and I'd go back to the script and I would try and work out what was useful and what wasn't. Because at the end of the day, we are creating something new and I wanted it to feel fresh and, and alive in that sense. And what Scott wrote quite brilliantly was this very um, charming, very, um, very awkward Uh Person who, who, who was trying to find a sense of home and belonging, and was almost trying to don this performance as this young poet to the, you know, the crowds that he found himself in. And I thought that was really interesting, someone who has not settled into his skin, he's not quite comfortable in who he is. And then I think during the course of the film, he reveals more and more about his, his you know, what's really going on with him, his vulnerabilities, his, his gentler side. And then hopefully by the end of the film, we understand why he turns into the person that we think of when we say the name Edgar Allan Poe, you know, we this, this far darker, heavier, um, very complicated man. So that was kind of my goal, I think, throughout the filming, the, the, the journey of taking him from this very young, um, impressionable, awkward, very talented and smart guy, into into a, a far darker place.
1: It, it's interesting. A lot of times, or sometimes, I should say, when these happen, like you know, you can almost strip away because we mythologize people, and 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 to take a backstory to humanize them. I don't know. For me personally, that can strip away, but I don't feel like you, like the legend is still there for what you've done. Like it oh, good. It's That's still, good to yeah. Hear.
0: That's good to hear.
1: Happens, yeah. And and then there's this whole thing. I mean, when I look at this movie in uh, this period, I mean, there's so much. I think of science versus superstition. Yeah. And Poe, like, where do you find that he is in this moment in his life? Because it does feel like a bit of a crossroads.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Poe was fascinated with the idea of death and the occult and the supernatural and what happened after you died, where do you go, what is a life force, what is a spirit, what is a heart? All these things are in his writing, you know, um, in all his writing really, and his, his poetry. Uh, And so I really tried to tap into that sense of, why is he so fascinated with this territory? Why is he so fascinated with with cemeteries? For example, he loved going to cemeteries. So I started visiting cemeteries just as a sort of, just building up my world picture of who this man is. And I I would take some of his writings and I'd I'd read at the cemeteries and just soak up the atmosphere. Um, And and I think think it's all there in in Scott's vision. it, it treads this beautiful tonal line between being something that is very, uh, has a real whodunit thriller element to it. But at the same time, there is this spirituality to it. There is this strangeness to it. And I think Scott brilliantly manages to to capture that on film.
1: I mean, do you find yourself that 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 you're attracted to roles like this? I mean, I, you know, I think of some of your roles being supernatural, sometimes darker, you know, in that regard? I mean, does does this have a certain allure to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's someone asked me this recently about w- what is the through line in terms of the choices you make as, a, as an actor? And I, I tend to try not to think of that if possible. Um, but obviously you're attracted to certain elements of people. So maybe there's a, a thing there that, that I find myself revisiting. I certainly like people who are restless, who are quite... Um, who are quite full, you know, full of life, and you know that can be in a quiet way. But but people who can really sort of who have colour to them and and um, and nuance. And so, if I think a, a script has that, I often am, am, am more game to have a go at trying to offer something towards towards who this person might be.
1: Well, one thing I do appreciate about the roles you take, I mean, there are they seem to be adventurous. Yes. Um, even okay. even bringing out recently with uh, with please baby please, I mean. You know, it it seems to me like that's, that's really what I do appreciate is every character that you embody seems to be very adventurous roles.
0: Oh, that's really good to hear. I mean, what was so great about that movie and about a lot of the movies is I think when I when I was younger, I had a big there was a big sense of trying to get it right. You know trying to trying to you know pick the right job or or make the right choices for 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 um for performance and actually the more and more i do it i just want to experiment i want to experiment with people that i really admire actors and creators and and um and if i'm in that territory and there's no real sense of right and wrong and i'm always risking something then I, i'm kind of happy because i feel like um I I feel like it's always going to be a creative endeavor, and if I live in that world, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of fine. Even if it falls flat on flat on its face, it doesn't really matter as long as it's got some kind of intention behind it. Then I'm I'm good.
1: And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky in the Midwest, and allergies. That's A S T E P R O allergy.com. Astapro and Go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: Welcome back, Kyle Meredith with Harry Melling. We should bring up that cast because this movie has an incredible cast. Oh, it's incredible, yeah. Um, and you, you know, l- l- let me not uh, let me not be condescending about that at all because I, I want to say that you, I think, are one of the great actors of your generation, but um. you've also been working with these legends throughout your career too. Um, is there still a sense of, of getting your footing w- when-, when you've got this many great actors around you?
0: i always say what what great actors do is they they um they lift you up into their space or place whatever you want to call it there they elevate you to their greatness for want of a better word um and uh and that's what i found in this job i mean working so closely with with christian on this was just a was just a joy he is the most generous giving actor he's always there and present and alive for you even when he's off he's just so focused and it just lifts you into something else. And that was the same with, with you know, ev- everyone in the cast. There was such a, um, such desire to, to, to make something that was really special. And uh, when you're working with like, Timothy Spool, Jane Anderson, I mean, uh, Robert Duvall, the list is endless. You're just, you're just constantly pinching yourself, saying, wow, I am amongst such great creators and, and artists. How lucky am I? So um, yeah. it was a wonderful experience.
1: I did. I had the, the small chuckle when I saw Timothy Spalt in it because I didn't know he was in it beforehand. I said, "For as many people played in the Potter universe, that must be impossible to to really get out of that. That must be sort of always all around in one way." Or yeah that.
0: it's 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 a it's a big it's a big thing the the Potter universe. It, it's something that I think all of us I think it's probably fair to say are are very proud of, very proud to be in something that is is that significant and as um reached so many you know lives uh, and generationally as well like friends of mine who are having kids are now sort of introducing their kids to the world so it's a forever giving sort of storytelling life force almost but at the same time you have to move on you know you have to move on and 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 get on with your life and and pursue the things that interest you and and so that that to me is 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 the thing i want to do now i want to sort of you know continue to invest in characters and and um creative people that I want to work with. And and hopefully the Potter thing will slowly, you know, fade away. But it's not, I'm not turning my back on it. I'm just hoping that it will slowly sort of be less noisy.
1: Right. Well, just to comment on, you know, how many cast members are still just out there making amazing, amazing uh movies and, and films, arts, uh, as it were. But, you know, I, I would like to hear more about, uh, but about especially you and Christian working together, because the rapport between you two, you know, again, it, it's perfectly, perfectly suited for the both of them. Is this the first time you've worked together? And 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 if so, like, what was the first meetings like of of, of finding each other uh, in, in these characters?
0: So it's the first time I, I worked with Christian um, and I, I mean, I really hope it's not the last uh, because he was just just a joy. Um, and yeah, when we first met, I mean, the great thing about this whole process for me, was there wasn't an, like it wasn't a lot of discussion before turning up to set, or even when you're on set, there wasn't a big um, sort of let's sit around and talk about what the scene's about and what we want to achieve with the scene. Which for me personally, I love because I sometimes when you start talking about what you're going to do, you then have to do it, and you know you you might not, it might feel wrong in that moment, and so what the whole process felt to me like was. It just gently revealed itself to you. You you do scenes, and I, I wouldn't go to Christian. Oh, what if I try this? Or what if, you know, Christian, what if I try this? It, it, it was, there was none of that. It was just a sense of just trying stuff out and just listening and and seeing where the scene decided to go. And if it was going slightly off there, then Scott would say, "Oh, maybe you could think about this a bit more." And then we'd just try and change it into lean it more into this direction. And that's kind of what we did the entire time it was just a very gentle had an amazing flow to it um, and it just revealed itself to us Uh, so i I personally loved that way of way of working and and christian i think very much lives in that space of constantly searching for um for the moment and, and being alive and listening to what's happening in that in that in that scene so it was a yeah lovely experience
1: it sounds perfectly suited too for the uh, the pacing of the movie because it, it, this movie has such a certain pacing to it that it, when those big moments happen, it feels so much bigger. Yes, it, yeah. it, and it sounds like this was actually part of the like this wasn't an editing trick, is what I'm getting at.
0: No, I think it was. I think I think um, I think Scott is so interested in in people, uh, and he really wants to sort of dive into who they are. Uh, he was an actor, and so I think he 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 wants to see actors really go deep and 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 challenge who these who these uh you know who, what's going on with these characters what what what's making them tick what why aren't they doing certain things what are they hiding, and that takes time I think sometimes sometimes you need time to really understand those things and I think the pacing of the film allows that but also it allows like you say the big moments to hit and to happen and and to really resonate in the way they need to. So, yeah, I think Scott's done a fine job, a really, really fine job with that.
1: Yeah, well, those big moments at the end are very big moments at the end. Um, I certainly love it. I I want to quickly ask about, you know, Charlotte Gainsbourg is in here, and um, I'm such an admirer, especially of her music. I started looking around at just the things that you've done uh, with Charlotte, uh, working with Pokey Lafarge, who I have great affinity for, uh, Back in the Devil All the Time. Uh, even I don't think you worked with him, but Tom Waits being in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, but um, but you know, with Charlotte being on the set, I mean, it, it, do you bring music as a part of your process a, a, at
0: all? I do, yeah, I, I really do. I'm I'm often in the car going to to set, and I'm listening to music just as a way of sort of slowly getting myself into a into a, into a place, and and often you find you know sometimes music really helps, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean. You, it depends from job to job. Sometimes if you're playing a very chaotic person. You might listen to some very chaotic music, and that might sort of let you get somewhere. But um, but yeah, it changes from job to job. But it's I mean, when you just said the names there, I'm I just I'm so lucky to have got the chance to to work with a few of them. Sadly, I didn't work with Tom, like you said, but um, certainly Pokey and 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 Charlotte, who are just lovely, really lovely. Yeah. To work with.
1: What what's your typical musical lane? If you don't mind me putting you on the oh. spot.
0: Not at all. Uh, My it's very eclectic. I'm sorry to say. um, At the moment, I'm getting really into my punk music. Um, So I'm listening to this new bad band called um, Squid, which are UK and and they're really cool. They're really adventurous. And this other band called Black Midi, who Uh are really out there. I don't know why I'm just into. Maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe something. uh, Punk seems to be having a real sort of uh, resurgence in the UK. Certainly. Maybe people are really angry. I don't know, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So I'd say that right now.
1: Yeah, I love Black Midi. The past couple. Yeah, days they're great, they're done. aren't they? Really wild, yeah. really wild. Yeah, I've been watching that punk scene for a little while. Even the bigger stuff of like Fontaine's DC. That seems to be yes. like the the bigger side of it. Yeah, there's something special happening over there. There at is. The something
0: happening. Something's going on. Yeah. yeah.
1: Here we are back in the seventies again. Somehow I I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll sort of wrap it up with this because you know, as we as we look again at Poe and and every character in here, I think there's a line about you know every every character has their secret going on in this. And once we find out certain things as they unfold, I'll just throw out the uh, basic question here: Do you think that Poe is blinded by love, or is it something else?
0: Good question. I think. Yes, he is blinded by love. I think he, I mean, he wants what he wants, but don't we all? I mean, he wants to find his sense of place in the world. And he thinks, um, he thinks, he thinks he has. Um, so I, I think it's more that maybe, but that's to do with love at the same. Do you know what I mean? It's that, it's that sense of um, feeling safe. And I think he searched for that his entire life sadly i think he there was there was such a restless quality to him and it just got worse and worse and worse and sadly ended up with him passing away in very mysterious strange circumstances so um so yeah yeah
1: <laughs> well again it's just a beautiful telling uh, of this story uh from from page to screen and the way it started as the book um Harry, I can only congratulate you over and over again. Pale Blue Eye is such an incredible, incredible piece. Congratulations on again. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it today.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. That was great. Thank you.
1: My thanks to Harry Melling, The Pale Blue Eye, now streaming on Netflix. Thanks to you for checking out the uh, the episode. Please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the full series. New interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, at iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It's Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org. YouTube for the video versions, or again, anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, at WFPK.org. Consequence, they've got your music and film news, you can also find me on the social media spots as well Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.